Welcome back, Fears and Careers faithful listeners. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Davis Companies. Uh, Davis is a technical staffing, full-service technical staffing firm with offices in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, and Minneapolis. So check them out, www.daviscos.com, D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. Uh, today's guest is Michael Zildjian. Um, yes, the same last name as the people who make those very nice symbols that you see on drum sets, but uh, no, re- uh, no relation directly we get into, but there is a... There's an ancillary one. Uh, really wild guy. Um, went to school out of Pepperdine, uh, which is gorgeous. I think it's in like the Malibu area, if my memory serves me co- correctly. Um, but then got really into the concert and music industry. Spent a number of years doing that out in California and then was really moved by... He had a serious inflection point in his life when the Boston Marathon bombing occurred and uh, decided to move home. And change really uh, what he does, how he creates his income, and it's really not about making money for him anymore. It's truly about impacting the lives of others. Um, and we had an awesome conversation. He's an author, a podcaster, a speaker, uh, both motivationally and just to help kids get on the right path. So we had an awesome conversation. Someone who really is just trying to make the world a better place with one smile at a time. And uh, he was an awesome guy to meet. Someone I probably wouldn't have met if it wasn't through the podcast. So I feel very grateful to have met. Uh, Michael, and hopefully uh, we'll continue our relationship. I hope you enjoy this as much as uh, we had fun making it. So let's just let it rip. Well, cheers. Thank you for cheers. coming on. Hey, thanks for Beers having me. Careers. Yeah, uh, and careers. I know. You go by Mike or Michael? Either. Okay. And, and, Z. and Z. I know. I feel like after I, I read your bio, I have so I many, like, so many names. A beer, so little time. Beer choice was a pilsner. Yep. It was supposed to be Lagunitas Pilsner. Well, that's just, I don't that's really your know. That's the one I, yeah, that's that's your the one I like. Because I don't, as I said to Andrea, I don't, I'm not a huge beer guy, but I like yeah. beer. Yeah. And when I drink it, I want it to taste good, but mm. not have this like giant pit in my stomach that's right. weighing me down. Not drinking so. all of your calories. There you go. I'm Pilsner. with you. I'm totally. There was a time when I did have all my calories. Uh, in college one, one year, in the summer, I, I was so poor that uh, I would go and get two Guinness for dinner, and that would be my dinner <laughs> and my buzz for the night. Right. And that and was dessert, it. And dessert. And dessert. wonderful. Everything all in $6, right. and we were all set. That is a phenomenal college story. Well, I saw your uh, you. background, and we'll, I do an intro with the whole background of yeah, bio, sure. but just out of, uh, I got to ask you what it was like to go to Pepperdine. Because, because I remember being in high school, and starting to look at colleges, and I, I specifically remember this kid that I was really good friends with, Kevin Johnson, like being like hitting me with his elbow and being like, "Yeah, look at this, look at this, Pepperdine," and it's just the picture of the Malibu yeah. Cliffs, and I was like, "Man, I'm going to school in Vermont, right? Like, what the <laughs> hell was I doing? Yeah. So, what was that like? How'd yeah, you, how did a kid, so many, how so did a kid from Boston end up at Pepperdine? Yeah. So I went to a college fair with two. Uh, high school classmates who weren't going to college. Okay. Yes. And after I gathered all the <laughs> literature, as you do, right? I, as, as I uh, got all the literature at that time, you know, yeah. still grabbing pamphlets and stuff. They're like, "Hey, why don't you go to school by a beach? That's what yeah. we would do if yeah. we were going to college." So I got all this literature from schools near beaches, and then quickly re- whittled it down and realized that Pepperdine was like the only decent school. So, but I wasn't an adventurous kid at that time in my life. Uh, okay. All the other schools I applied to were in the Northeast. The, okay. As far as uh, Syracuse and as, as uh, south as Philly. Okay. And I always wanted to go to Syracuse. I was yeah. a huge Syracuse basketball fan, and then I realized where it was. Yes. And what the weather <laughs> was like, and I was like, oh. And I had a brother living in uh, California in L.A. Okay. So I said, screw it, and went for it. And, Very cool. uh, It changed everything. And, but to answer your original question, it was amazing. Yeah. I did leave after my freshman year, went to Providence College okay. for a year. Okay. Total, it was like for me being, you know, a loudmouth Boston kid yeah. going to a Christian school in Southern California. Right. It's like being in a different country. Right. So it freaked me out. Uh, I had a grandmother who was getting really old, and I knew she didn't have a lot of mm. time left, and I was super homesick. So mm. I basically came home for a year and went to Providence, and then I realized I was getting the exact same education for the exact same price. Right. And although I loved the cool, unique. Thing in Providence, yeah, it's not Malibu, right? 
Right. So hey, I went back to Malibu. It's fun to be out of your comfort and, zone. You know, the, one of the really cool things, and it's when I mentor kids, it's one of the stories I use because it gave me a whole new perspective on how great Pepperdine really was. Right. Because I had left it and mm. then come back. Yes. And like, you don't realize how lucky you are. People right. come up to me. Grass like, is always greener. You know, complaining about a test and I'll take their head and turn it for them. And yeah. Say, See that? That's the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. I think things are pretty good right <laughs> now. <laughs> right, right. Take, a, take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. Take a, take a deep take breath. A deep breath. Um, Always good advice. Yes, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I, lo- I loved your bio. I feel, uh, as a uh, as a Boston kid myself, I feel like we got had a lot of common interest here between the golf, the travel, yeah. those types of things. You describe yourself as a, on the, on your bio's author, podcaster, speaker, but maybe you yeah. can give maybe the stand-up philosopher. The, yeah, yeah. stand-up philosopher. Exactly. Yeah. Can you give us maybe the um, what you how you describe what you do today, but maybe also a quick a quick soundbite on how you got to where you ended up? Yeah. After well, once you left Pepperdine. Yeah. Um, the quick version of that story. So I was a business major at Pepperdine, bored to tears, um, and wanted to do something different, had started playing music in a band, mm-hmm. changed my major. Long story short, they created a major for me. Oh, that's me. Just, nice. break, just little, breaking little stuff. timer there. Just breaking <laughs> I stuff. I love technical right. difficulties. Like, that's I'm, what I'm used to let doing. Let it rip. Let it rip. So um, they actually created a, a major for me of music and business. I wanted to go into oh, the music cool. business. I went to work for a record label, realized that that business model was dying and mm. that you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but in the record business, I'm like in the 98th percentile, and I was only going to pass like half of those people if I really mm-hmm. tried. So I went and worked for this company called CarsDirect.com. They were one of the first car, direct car sellers online. Okay. Internet boom, 25 years old, $8 million budget for, as just the promotional guy. Our total wow. marketing budget was over $100 million. Uh, the marketing directors got yelled at by the board for not spending wow. as much as they told them to. That was so funny. So that was a crazy experience. I, I sponsored a NASCAR race, the, the Vegas Winston Cup wow. race at the time. Um, did all that. did stuff at Madison Square Garden. All this crazy stuff as a 25-year-old. And then um, I got married and went to work for my father-in-law, who was running a casino in West Virginia. Okay. And... Uh, I was the sort of the entertainment director there, and I had always been in marketing, so I was sort mm. of the entertainment director in marketing. Uh, got divorced, left that job, um, and then kind of floated for a little while, and and then got back into the concert business on the West Coast, okay. running a concert series at a place called Ironstone Amphitheater for about seven years with an independent concert promoter group. Mm. So for that period of my career, I was mostly a concert promoter producer, also licensed music for TV and film, uh, managed artists, was in L- living in LA in the entertainment wow. business, and just kind of suffocated by it, right? Mm. Like, what am I doing here? All I do mm. is build egos and bank accounts. Right. And what's the point? You know, mm. I was fairly successful and had a good life. It was one of those things where, like, I would go to a concert weekend where I would work 15, 16-hour days, sometimes two or three days in a row. Yeah. Not that that's a huge deal, but it's a job. And, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. people would be like, have fun. Yeah. I'd be like, screw you. Yeah. I don't tell you to have fun when you go to work. Right, right. And then I thought, hey, wait a minute. Like, maybe... We should tell each other that. Yeah, fun. <laughs> to yeah. have okay. fun when we go to work. Yeah. And that was sort of like the flicker of like. That was the aha. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Like maybe something is wrong here. Maybe I should be doing something different. And right. my mom had been telling me for years, you know, I don't think you're meant for this business. You're you know, mm. maybe a little too deep for this business. Of course, we never listen to our parents. Right. It's one of the things that I talk about a lot. Right. None of us do. That's just the way we're built. Right. So I finally did. And then um, my real aha moment was the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. I was mm. in my bachelor pad in the Hollywood Hills mm. and the bomb went off and I felt the shake you know, in my yeah. soul all the way across the country. Mm. And uh, to me, the message was really stark and clear, which was we can't keep treating each other like this. Right. Somebody's gotta do something. A lot of people gotta do a lot of things. And I'm not willing to be one of those guys that's lamenting how we're leaving things for future generations, but standing on the sidelines and doing nothing. Right. So, excuse me, um, took me a couple years, but eventually I said, screw it. And I jumped and started building what I'm doing now. So you said author, uh, podcaster, and I say stand-up philosopher because it's funnier. And yeah, it's, I love it's a shout out to Mel Brooks yeah. in History of yeah. the World Part yeah. One for you comedy fans out there. 
Um, but it's also more akin to what I do. I'm not a big fan of necessarily motivational speakers or yeah. life coaches because I think a lot of those people talk a yeah, lot and don't reasons. do anything. Yeah, uh, they don't really do much. They don't live it. Right. And uh, right. So you know, to me. I'm just really a guy in front of a microphone or in front of a camera or in front of a type, uh, not a typewriter. We right. don't use those anymore, no, no, a no. laptop. Um, and, you know, just sort of giving my view on the world, mm -hmm. what I'm seeing and, and finding, you know, really, again, starting with that aha moment of what's the way I can be of service to my community and to the world to make a difference, to show us that we don't have to be so divided and that kindness can be you know, something that we all have and we all practice mm. every day and that the world can actually work one day the way we all hope it can. Mm -hmm. So I, I just decided to jump into that pool and see if I could swim and yeah. and make a difference. And so that's what I'm doing. And now it's, you know, it's just started the second book. I've got the podcast cool. now for about a year. I uh, started making videos for schools. I do mm. Talks at schools and organizations. I'm developing a TV show. Uh, awesome. uh, so just creating as much content yes. to spread positive messages as I can, and that's that's yeah. really that's what I do now. I don't. That's yeah, was that, that three minutes. Was that fine. seven minutes? That's I fine. Know many, you know I what? Even though I said three minutes, <laughs> we get to do whatever we want. That's good. I like <laughs> that. Best. We I have like, no, no rules. Isn't no podcasting rules. We great? We talk about beers or careers. That's right. <laughs> but I did want to be authentic and actually you have do the beer. a beer. I, cheers again. Yeah, that's so the it's best. It's beers and careers. It I is. Mean, you know, some on. people have gone vodka soda. I don't. I don't. Um, wine once. We had wine yeah. once. Uh, but yeah, you got to keep it. This is very. I mean, I'm humble. Generally, I drink more cocktails and wine than I do beer. But Same. Not when Same. I'm on a beers and careers podcast, Amen. right? <laughs> Amen. So, what do you drink then? I, now, where's the wait? Where's the golf? Where's the golf fit this? in? Uh, yeah. So, I guess I skipped that part. So, when I had that first idea, I was just an entertainment guy. Yeah. And as several of my close friends told me, "Hey Z, love you, but why is anybody going to go see you talk about life?" Mm. I was like, well, that's a fair point. Yeah. A little bit harsh, yeah. but fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of had this idea. Well, actually, the idea for the book originally came to me in a, in a dream. Yes. And the book is Philosophy on Golf. It's about the parallels between life and golf. And the dream was uh, pretty simple, that if you truly visualize the shot, mm -hmm. um, then uh, commit to the shot, to the brief moment of impact when mm -hmm. you actually hit the ball and make contact, and then let go of attachment to outcome, yeah. that, wow, that'd be a pretty good way to play golf. Mm -hmm. It'd also be a pretty good way to live life. Yes. So I had this dream about that, which is weird, but yeah. I have weird dreams. Sometimes I get messages yeah. about yeah. things That's that cool. I'm supposed to share no, with I people. No, I dig that, yeah. And um, I uh, went and played golf a couple days later and tried it, and I damn near made my first hole in one, missed it mm. by inches. Oh. And I was like, hey, I think there's something here. Yeah. And so uh, a couple years ago, in 2017, I was in Florida helping my sister open a business. Mm. She decided to be an entrepreneur, and I had some background to help her. And the way I paid myself for doing that was by sitting down and writing this book. Mm. And uh, I'm a big golfer. I love golf. It's taught me a lot about life. Mm. It's taught me a lot about patience, most of which the lessons I don't enjoy. Yes. Yes. Isn't that life, that right? True. So that's how it fits in. It was like, I need a vehicle to prove that I have something to say. Yeah. And then I, I had no idea if I could write a book. Mm -hmm. I'd never written that's anything cool. before. Really I was cool. just like, I'm just going to sit down and do this. Mm -hmm. And just I have no it. idea if it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, but that was the, one of the great lessons, and one of the things I do more and more now is like someone gives me an idea, and like that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to go do. do. Yeah, I'm going to go do that. The magic is out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Do you? Well, I guess when I'm thinking about the book, you can get this on Amazon too, right? If yep. people are listening, they can get it anywhere. Paperback, Kindle, yeah, and audiobook. In Ooh. case you like my you read voice, your own I did. Ah, cool. I have a friend who has cool. a home studio in LA. I went out there for a couple weeks for meetings, oh, and awesome. uh, it was a really cool experience. It's tough, man. I mean, you're yes. talking, you know, being super aware and talking for like hours on end, and at some point, you just can't anymore. <laughs> like, so that, that's why you need a good sound guy. Exactly. To be like, ah, your voice sounds like crap. Now. Yeah, we're done yeah, for today. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. So how many, I got to ask, as a New Englander, how many rounds a year do you get in now? Uh, it depends on the year. Okay. This year has been a pretty busy year. 
And uh, as a guy in my mid-40s, I've been dealing with some lower back issues. Mm. Nothing serious, but yeah. annoying stuff that it makes it not as fun to play golf yes, with. Yes, I get that. I, actually, today, two of my friends were like, hey, let's go hit some balls. I'm like, oh, my back feels great. Yeah. Yesterday, they asked me. This morning, I wake up, tightened up again. I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't go swimming. I club today. I could. I could. Yeah, right. You're gonna get you deadlifting. I went to a yin yoga class, Mark. That's what I did. <laughs> That's literally what I did. That's it's still good. sore, That's but uh, you know, these so, things happen. So I, I but I, I used to play up until the last couple of years. The funny thing, like if you if you enjoy playing golf, don't write a golf book that you're like trying that, to make a career out that, of it because you know, I never. I'm busy building this. I don't yeah. get to play anymore. Yes. When I was doing career stuff that I didn't really enjoy. I played a lot, uh, like yeah. three times a week. Yeah, yep, and that changes totally. <laughs> yeah, right. now I'm running passion. my own thing, and it's I have to make it work. It's you yep. know, it's all me at this point still. Very cool. Um, so I don't get to play as much as okay. I like. Well, I normally do. There's like usually like a rapid-fire round okay. uh, where I just ask a few questions to kick it off. But I almost feel, and I, and I want to do it, but I almost feel, I'm, so I'm a golf nut, so okay. uh, I didn't really get into golf though until much later in life just because I didn't play in high school Same. growing up and uh, I, although looking back man I wish I did because that, that would have helped that would have helped a lot yeah um, in, just, in a lot of ways right, right. And, uh, oh my god yeah and I just I just joined a place to because I got really kind of addicted last summer so uh -huh. I played a, the most I've ever played this year but I gotta ask, so like my rapid fire questions, I think, with you need to have a little bit of a golf theme, if that's all right. They don't if that's all right. To, so, what, know, this is your show. Yeah, what's so you ask best and I'll track? Answer. Best track you've ever played? Favorite track. Favorite track. Not best. Favorite. Favorite track I've ever played. I've played some pretty good ones. Probably Tory Pines. Okay. It's up there. San Diego, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Played that a couple of times. Career low round. Uh, just did it this summer, 76. My man. Yeah. My On man. my birthday. My man. Okay. <laughs> Oh, um, wow. Yeah. There you go. I had had a, a, a tough couple months prior to that that we don't need to get into, yeah. but I had a young cousin that I was sort of like a mentor, big brother to, that passed from cancer. Mm, sorry to hear that. And uh, so it was a brutal couple of months, obviously, yeah. when you go through something like that, and that was one of those days where it was just like, you know, I was still talking to him, like, hey, man, be with me today. Yeah. I just want to yeah. relax and play golf. And then... Every and every time works. I hit a bad shot, I got a good bounce or a good yeah. kick, or a, it was just one of those days. So, you know, who knows what mm. you believe or what anybody That's believes, cool, yeah. but I, I feel like he was there that day, That's knocking cool. the ball in the yes. hole for me. Yes. No, I uh, I can I can get down with that. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Do you favorite? Give me your uh, your favorite. I was gonna ask you your favorite beer, but what about your favorite like cocktail slash beer to have after a round or during a round? Yeah. So cocktail after a round. Uh, and summer rounds, yeah. either vodka tonic or vodka martini. Yep. Mm. Uh, as it gets into fall and winter, uh, more of a uh, old fashioned. Oh of man, guy. you and I are. All right. We're uh, yeah brothers from another mother. I'm, <laughs> I'm with good. you. I'm a Manhattan guy, but same thing. Yeah, right? same, I mean, same family. Same same family, and I love a <laughs> good dirty uh, gray goose martini. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, um, favorite quote. Uh, favorite quote is uh, Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. um, darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that mm. hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that mm. I think that's yeah. one that when I've got a lot of them but that's yeah. the one that like the biggest lesson we all need to remember every day in this whole right. world needs is like there's just yeah. no way out of this except for one way oh, it's so on par with <laughs> to be cool to be cool doing. with each other yeah. there's only us there's mm -hmm. no us in them it's right. just us and right. if we don't act like it's us then we're all in trouble mm -hmm. that's the way i look at it i like it yeah i like it that's a uh the second favorite quote because i have to say this yeah although it. there's hundreds of dalai lama quotes that i love uh one probably my top is he says uh my religion is kindness mm. which again doesn't matter if you're christian muslim mm -hmm. buddhist whatever he's a buddhist like his religion like is buddhism like but what one. he says is my religion yeah. is kindness mm. like again let's just be cool to each other mm -hmm. that's really job number one Yes. And we don't, that's probably like job number 100 right. on the list of most people as they go through life. Right. 
Well, man, after you tell me kindness is my religion, I feel awkward asking you this, but no, uh, what's, please your, what's your favorite curse word? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I got the pre-questions here. I have two versions. Are we going PG? Oh, no, or are we let going... it rip. Don't give a shit. Okay, so <laughs> by far, anybody who knows me well knows that my favorite curse word is cunt. Okay. By far. This is not even a close second. And I'll explain why, because half I, the people I, I, listening I'm, just cringed. Uh, but let me tell you something. Just that, so you know, real quick. Yeah. Another thing we hit it off on. <laughs> That's a word that literally means nothing. Yes. It's all, well, all words have made up meaning anyway, right? So that Amen. one especially. And people get so offended over nothing. People from this part of the world. Yeah. That it's amusing to me that it's just a word mm -hmm. and it doesn't really mean anything. Oh. Like to me, I cringe when people say the word hate. Mm. Oh, I, I hate yeah. pepperoni on my pizza, or yeah. I hate that NBA yeah, player. Any, Wait, what? You don't hate anything. Like, that makes me cringe. Yeah. Someone says the C word, I laugh. Yeah, right? Oh, that's so <laughs> it's funny. It's like a, a, it's a, and it's a great, like, attention mm -hmm. break. It is. Right? Just it like, all right, well, is. just drop that in there and move on. I, I, that's so funny. I, quick aside, I uh, spent some time living in Australia after college, and my wife, oh, nice. girlfriend at the time, was there. With me, we were there for what over part? a year. Adelaide. Oh, okay. Adelaide. So uh, yeah, I played some lacrosse down there, but uh, was there for eighteen months and got to travel everywhere. And uh, we came home because my visa ran out. Right, I had to finally come back to the real world. And uh, my wife got so accustomed to using the word "cunt" that she would be <laughs> using it out, and I would be like, "She's gonna hate me for telling the story." Sorry. It's my fault. I'd be like me. elbow. I'd be like elbowing her barber. Like you can't be saying that here. Right. Like people, you're triggering people. It's right. So, it's so right. so funny. So no, I love that. I, no. I was once at an Irish wedding where it was a, the, a former client of mine. It was all his buddies that he had grown up with. So I was just the American guy that they yes. were trying to kill by making me drink myself <laughs> to death. But of course we're <laughs> dropping, like dropping. Irish cunt all over the place right and at one point we're at the bar at the reception i said in front of one of their mothers and yeah. she slapped me straight across the face and i was like oh okay so there yeah. are boundaries there are in, in, there ireland, are in ireland where they, even that's not appropriate right? we're okay, testing them yeah testing you know, them. i'm just one of those people that i usually find the line when i've crossed it yeah like it's I'm looking yeah. backwards behind me like oh there's the line let me just mm -hmm. quietly take a step backwards and start yes. over but, uh, uh, no, that's cool. I, I dig it. I'm, I'm interested to hear from you because... But I think it's important to say, you said I'm embarrassed to ask you this next question. Like, they're, too, they're not mutually exclusive no, no. things, right? I said like, just No, I know, but yeah. I think people need to understand this then, because it's a serious thing. Like, words are words. They do have meaning, right? right. But hate is a much more harmful word than cunt. Yes. There's just no argument yeah. to that, yeah. right? And you can be a person who really deeply cares about kindness, like I do, mm -hmm. and say words that other people don't like. Right. That's okay. Right. Yes. Right? Because can. it doesn't make me a bad person. No. It doesn't make you a bad person. Your no. actions make you yes. a good person or a bad person. I mean, person, honestly, right? isn't so that the freedom, people, of the freedom of speech of kind course. of thing? That, that, of course. And most of the people that cringe on silly words mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. it's like, do you want to put our resumes next to each other in terms of the charity work I've done in my life right. and what I've done for other people and what you've done? Right. You just don't like a word. Right. Exactly. I actually yeah, am out he, there helping people every, every day and using words that sometimes you don't like. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I'm not and perfect. the reasons they don't like them aren't really because they came up with their own reason for not liking them. Yeah, they were told not to. Exactly. And they agreed which with is it. Which is half the problem. Yes. Do you find I love your I love your um, the sentence you said about there is no us and them it's really just us right yeah I, I mean I think the more uh, so I'm in my early thirties right still yeah. figuring out a lot but yeah uh, I get that just you know? starting I get that to figure yeah stuff just, out, yeah right? just starting to get it together <laughs> do you feel like you were in a competitive environment in L A sure and you came from Boston which is notoriously a hard place a competitive just place. hard and competitive place yeah. and. When you think about kindness and you think about um, that being your message daily, uh, did, was like, was the party that was conflicted in that? Like, like even explaining it to people. I, I think well, I mean, I think it might, it might explain why I was mostly miserable in the entertainment industry yeah. because there wasn't a lot of kindness around. You know, right. people. I still get it when I go to schools and I talk to kids. A lot, what they ask me about is like, how many, what famous people do you know? 
Mm. I'm like, you're not listening to me. I was in that world, deep in it, hanging out with famous people, partying with famous yeah. people, all of it. I left it because it sucks. Yes. And because there's nothing real there. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Right. Don't right. think I'm cool because I used to know famous people. You should think I'm cool because I gave up everything to try and spread kindness. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think is right. cool about me. Like, mm -hmm. how many people would do that? And by the way, I wouldn't recommend it. It's yeah. not easy and it's yeah. not for the faint of heart. But it's just something that I felt compelled to do. Like I mm. said, I... When I when I see a mass shooting on TV, and of course I don't, I haven't watched news for like six years because I, I'd rather move. be underinformed than smart move. sad or mad all the yeah. time. And again, that's how they pit us against right, each other, us and them, right? Um, but I, it, it hurts me to see other people hurt each other and hurt themselves. And right. Sort of that's what I'm getting back around to now in this work is that you know we all have stuff to work on. And this yeah. isn't easy for any of us. But the biggest thing not being addressed in this country is gun control is not even in the top 10. Mm. And by far, number one is mental illness yeah. Yeah. and mental well-being. Right. When we have so many people that think it's okay that they, that they matter so little that it's okay that they can hurt themselves and other people, mm -hmm. that's a major Issue. problem. Yes. And we need to address it. Yes. And you know, again, that's where I address it. We're not the same. We're not built the same. We're never going to think the same. We're not mm. always going to agree. But we can always choose to be kind. Right. We can always choose to be respectful, even with people, especially when we don't agree with people. Mm -hmm. One of the most frustrating things mm. to me is people that go around and preach things like tolerance, and then they don't tolerate right. when people don't think like them. Right. That's. Insane. I mean, I mean, now I know why I don't watch the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, you have the, uh, just to be fair, in, in case you end up on the other side of the political spectrum, right. it's the same as people that say, I don't want, get the government off my front lawn, yeah. but I'm going to tell that woman what she should do with her body. Exactly. What? Yeah. Those two things don't add they up. They're diamond. They're, they're opposed. And, you know, all this stuff going on in this country with the impeachment and everybody digging in and becoming more divisive, to me, there's got to be someone, and, and lots of people, really, who just stand for unity. Like, yes. We're supposed to be the United States of America. Right. United we stand, divided we fall. That's a real thing. Like, mm -hmm. We have to find a way forward together. Well, and, and, and to do that, we have to believe that there's no them. It's only right. us. Well, don't you think, too, no matter what the group of people that you get together, uh, my background is mostly athletics, right? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of teams sure. and that type yeah. of thing, and then now in the business world, but... I probably know an Australian lacrosse coach that you know, but we'll, yeah, we'll talk we'll, about yeah, that later. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, and I just feel like, regardless of the size of the group of people you got together, there's always going to be more things that that group doesn't have in common than does have in common. I mean, that's what makes us cool is that there's, we're people, and we. I'm talking about well, at the. I'm talking about at the very tactical level, like sure. how people behave. Things sure. that bother people. I mean, I think at the macro level, we're all the same, well, 100%. Right. But well, it, right, but, but that's the thing. That's the dichotomy of human yes, beings, yes. is that we are all the same, and Incredibly we're different. completely different. Yeah, exactly. Each one of us, completely different than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'll never understand what it's like to be you, Yes. and you'll never understand what it's like to be me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You only get to see your picture of the world. I only get to see mine, but right. we can frame it. And if we remember and relate to each other, starting with our things we have in common, mm. then that builds a stronger foundation than starting with the things that divide us. Yes. Well, your politics are different yes. than mine. Right. Okay. Well, when there's a national tragedy and say the, the Twin Towers come down, mm -hmm. do you stop there in the rubble and ask somebody who they voted for? No. Right. No, you dig no. them out. It right. doesn't matter who right. they are or what they stand for. Right. That's the type of... Uh, the type of connection of humanity that we need to rebuild in this world, that that doesn't just happen mm -hmm. when there's tragedies, but that's like the normal way of doing things. Right. Lifting Wouldn't this place up. be great if oh it was God. like that? Right. I, and, you know, people think, well, that's crazy. It'll never happen. Why not? Yeah. It's actually, shouldn't pretty, we, it's actually should, pretty easy to shouldn't do. Shouldn't we it's try? Free. It's free. It's free. <laughs> that's a good one. It's free. I it will, is, though. I will really, object it just takes that effort. it's not easy. It's yeah. incredibly hard. It's way harder to be kind than it is to be mean. Right, because somebody frustrates yes. you, we're human. You yes. can just react. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll give you that. Unload on that give person that. all your frustrations. Super, super easy. The strength comes from. I stand for kindness. I'm gonna choose my words carefully and my yeah. actions carefully, and let those actions and words show that I stand for kindness mm. instead of being just someone who's full of shit. Yeah, 
And I, again, I'm not perfect. I still snap at people. Yeah. I lose patience. Oh, because you're a human? No way. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, that's the thing with yeah. golf, too, is like you never become a perfect golfer. No. Tiger Woods is not a perfect golfer. No. Certainly not a perfect person. Yeah. I think you proved no. that. No. And we're all flawed. He's in close some way. to perfect at golf. Yes, He's close. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Tiger fan. I think, uh, yeah. you know. We're biased because we grew up in the Tiger era, not the Jack era. 100%. 100%. If you grow up with Tiger, you think yeah. he's the best. If you grew up when Jack was the best, then yes. you think he's the best. And there's no wrong argument no, there. No, there isn't. There really isn't. Do you, yeah. um, I, I, I love where that conversation is going. I'm surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised, but I, I'm uh, fascinated how the marathon bombing was the was one of the trigger events for you only because no i mean no offense but like sometimes when i hear people uh talking about kindness or those types of things i went to school in vermont right it's like it's one of those things where it's like did the person have a spiritual journey eating mushrooms and that's how they came i'm serious you know yeah. like and, and then it was like something snapped them out and they were like man none of this fucking matters right like you know the, i mean but that's, I wa- that's the point it, it is true, it, yeah. and, and I think one of your questions was like, "What's the biggest thing you learned in your career?" And you just said it. Nothing. None matters. of it matters. None of it matters. Yeah. So do what you want, yeah. and what you enjoy, and what you think might make you fulfilled, and that's yes. why I'm doing this. Yes. I've had, I've got you know, the most volatile bank account I've had in my adult life, but mm. I'm mostly happier than I've ever yeah, been because I'm chasing my dream of like, yeah. hey, what if it works? You know, it's easy, <laughs> right, right, right. It, it's easy yeah. to think it yeah. won't because yeah. it's super grim mm-hmm. when you look around the world to mm-hmm. think that like, oh, everybody could just be kind to each other one day. But like, what if it did work? What if like hundreds of yes. years from now, we look back and there were a, a bunch of people around the world that said, screw it, we're gonna right. just rebuild, we're gonna start over and rebuild humanity the way mm-hmm. we think it should work. Mm. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Wouldn't that be a good legacy to leave behind? And I like. I guess I don't. How do you? So then, how do you keep yourself centered all the time? Because you said <laughs> I get, I get, I get, I snap. Like, do you yeah. journal? Do you meditate? Like, how are you? Yeah, I, I, I do. I meditate every day. Yeah. Uh, I do yoga. Okay. Uh, one of the ways I really love to keep myself centered that I haven't done nearly as much as I like this year is I like to go play golf by myself. Mm. And just walk and carry the bag nice and not talk to anyone and not For think about hours, anything right? and just, My God. you know, hit the ball and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I dig that. I dig that because I like doing it. But also I find uh, I don't necessarily know if I what I would do is called formal meditation. But this year in particular, I started journaling just yeah. in the morning. It's very meditative. What are, you, what are you grateful for and what your affirmation of the day? And the days when I audit like my week. The days I make sure I stick to that plan. It's very really tactical. Days I don't. Of you, by the way. Yeah, it is. I'm, <laughs> We're I'm, all different. I'm OCD <laughs> about it. Um, but the days I do that stuff, I do. I have better days. Yeah. And I, I don't mean in terms of like and financial success or like. Right. Just I just mean just I'm enjoy, happier enjoyable. with myself. Yeah. When I hit you're more the relaxed. I'm like I was a good person today. Yeah. You know what I? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, and you know I think it's important what you just said because you know I talk about it in the book and I just made a video about anxiety and talked a I little s- bit about me- and meditation. The phone. I saw that one. Um, on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I put yeah. it on IGTV put your, put yesterday. Your, yeah, put your phone down. Yeah, <laughs> right. Opening punchline. I, I right. couldn't agree more. I mean, that's the. I mean, if there's one solution we, for everybody. Just keep it up while you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. But yes. Well, you saw the video. Yeah, yeah, I put the little <laughs> joke in there. Wait till the video's over, <laughs> then put it down. Um, but meditation is different for everybody. So like, yeah. not everybody's going to be transcendental transcendental yes. me- meditationalists and like go to a mountain right. and live there for two years, right? right? We have to find things that are within our scope. And I talked about on that video, when I was a kid dealing with anxiety and not knowing that that's what I was dealing with because mm. we didn't talk about it then, I would shoot hoops for hours yeah. on end. Yeah. And that was my meditation. Yes. I didn't think about mm. anything. I didn't worry about anything. Just... You know, mm-hmm. get yourself in the right position to make this shot. Okay, now make this shot. And that yeah. was it. Yes. And that's very meditative. It could be a crossword puzzle. It could be knitting. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's about turning your mind off so that you realize that there's a separation of church and state in a way, right? Like right. your brain, to me, is this really awesome computer that's strapped to the top of our bodies. It's got all kinds of apps. It can right. do all kinds of really cool stuff. State of the art. But the real intelligence comes when you turn that off mm. and you shut up and listen from your heart and soul and your intuition. Yes. Um, 
and connect to something that's bigger than all of us. Mm -hmm. and we don't understand it or how it works or what it is, and we all have different ideas about there, that, but there's something there mm. that's a much more intelligent when you take your ego out of the equation. Yes. You just go, all right, well, what's the best thing I can do now for myself and everybody else? Mm -hmm. Like that's a higher intelligence yes. place to come from. And your brain doesn't let you get to that place a lot if no. you don't. No. If well, you don't I feel like it. if you don't deal with things too, it, it, you're, you're I've found in my brief few trips around the sun <laughs> that when you um, try to quiet, right? So for example, this summer, I, there were times when I was like, I'm so motivated to get my handicap down. So I'm playing golf yeah. for probably the wrong reasons, right? Like right. I'm just trying to get really... For a result. I'm, I'm trying to get really fucking good. And yeah. I'm not, right. right? And so I would find and myself... And the amount of time to get really fucking uh, good just is, not, It's just not... It's, it's not, it's not possible. It's not possible, right? And so like I'd find myself out there, and I can specifically remember them. And it's actually the thing that probably was my favorite thing I've learned about myself from golf this summer yeah. was um, like on a Sunday playing when like I probably shouldn't have right like I left my wife at home with the kids I probably had other things I needed to take care of but I was like no no, no I'll just do that shit later right. and play golf and then I'm sitting there on like the third hole with three hours and three and a half hours to go in the round being like man I shouldn't be doing this yeah like th like you, it's not like a good you, way to do anything no right? because because in reality I wasn't like settled and having some level of inner yeah. peace to really do the things I want to do yeah. so that was like one of the things that you taught me was like well. you can't you can't when do you can't do things that are well. It's funny because now when I lead, it's almost people, like if you play well when you're in that state of mind, there's there something might be wrong. something wrong something with wrong. you. No, it's it's so it's so true because now uh, you should have a conscience about those things. I mean, this is your wife yeah, and I think kids. It, I think it's conscious. I think it's truly <laughs> conscious because I, now I, I'm in a role of leadership here, and I know and I had great leaders that I reported to still to this day, but in the past, Patty, who's been on the podcast, who would look at me and be like, "You got to go home." Like that, you like she could just tell that I needed to deal with something at home, whether it was as yeah. simple as cleaning the kitchen from last night or right. real or something I had to deal with right. at home because I couldn't do a good job at work right. until I took care of that. Like make your bed every day, kind of thing. Yeah, almost. So I, that's been my favorite, uh, like been the biggest takeaway. Like to the yeah. point where people now, when they invite me because I started to meet more people at the golf club, they're like, "Do you want to go golfing?" It's like now I do like an audit. Yeah, and be like, all right. So what do I gotta do this week? Right. So that I can enjoy. Right. So that those you can four have hours. four hours to not think about anything exactly. except hanging with your buddies and swinging. Yeah, the or club. or walking by yourself, like and, you said. But it's yeah. just funny how you. And again, you know, it's tough for a guy with wife and kids. You almost mm. can never do this. But if you can turn off your phone for four hours. Yes. Like what a gift that is. Yes. To not so be connected I'm, to I'm that OC, thing. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I don't want to say I'm good at it. But I'm a little weird about it. Like I sleep with, I don't, no phones upstairs for me yeah. at night. And probably after eight o'clock, I shut it down and I go to the gym in the morning and I don't look at my phone until I get home from the gym. Nice. So I, so I have like that whole, Yeah. I mean, part of it I'm sleeping, but it's a 10 hour window. Yeah. Like but the phone is be off disconnected. And most of us, including me, I mean, I keep my phone in my room now for the last couple of years because I have a meditation app. Yes. So it's almost like ridiculous, right? Sam Harris's so, brother's app? Uh, what, uh, no, what I use, um, why am I spacing on, uh, uh, Insight Timer. Insight Timer, okay, yeah, cool. It's a free app, it's great. Yeah. It's got all kinds of stuff on there, just basic timer, guided meditation. We should throw it in the notes for the podcast too. Yeah. Mu uh, music, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Um, but, you know, now I have my phone in my room, so when I wake up. You check it. I do, I mean. I have an alarm clock. I, yeah. Do I, you? Yeah. Yeah, the same one that I woke up to in high school. Nice. And somehow I made oh, it to I college and I brought the, it home and I just I can't stand the, the sound of yeah. alarms. Yeah, they drive. My body clock is so weird and I don't like it to the level where probably three times out of the last hundred that I've set an alarm, I've slept long enough to actually hear it. Yeah, right. I always right. wake up and like, right. All right, shut that yeah, thing sure. off because I don't. You get that's insane. not how I want to start my day. Uh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it's more of a backup plan for me. Yes, it's definitely yes. more of a backup plan. And I have uh, suffered by not having that backup yes. plan no. in place oh. at times, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Amen. Uh, maybe Amen. a misflight or two in there <laughs> back in the uh, old partying days. <laughs> that's that's really cool. So, do you look back on that experience? At like, what do you draw from that whole experience? Uh, which what, like, just like my the career? whole partying in the LA scene. Like that oh, must have actually been. Um, well, you get to, to see you, you get to see behind the curtain at the Wizard of Oz, right? Right. Like, oh, right. it's just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, when I first went to Pepperdine, I I called it the uh, celebrity petting zoo because mm. this was when 
just when they were starting to do, like people were jumping fences and taking photos of celebrities. Okay. So they were out and about often in Malibu at the restaurants and at the supermarkets. Mm. And um, so it was like you're just living amongst the, the zoo animals, right? Yes. Like the, yeah. you thought you could never get close to the zebra. And next thing you know, I'm drunk at the supermarket and Bob Dylan's got bright red eyes buying what God knows what. Mm. And right next wow. to me, I'm like, wow, that's a weird that moment. Is, yes, that is weird. <laughs> wow. And I've had, you know, tons of those in, in my life, starting there and continuing. I mean, we could do a five-hour podcast just on those stories. But the one thing I've learned is that people are just people. Fame does not change yeah, yeah. fundamentally whether right. you're a good person or not. In fact, it makes it more likely that you think you can get away with being Spot. an asshole. Yeah. And that's what I dealt with a lot. Um, but you do have the gems in and amongst that. And, you know, for, for one of those for me was Dave Grohl. I was going like, to ask you, who's your favorite? Yeah. Like the coolest guy yeah, I've ever really? hung out with. Like it, just like you and I sitting here, yeah. just a normal guy. Yeah. No pretentiousness. Like just a good dude. Just happens to be a phenomenal um, musician. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and with the weird part of that story was with my background and my name. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, name, right? yeah right. So this is weird. I so think I had already who's coming on the podcast, and I said your name, and they were like, like, like the symbol. Guy? Yeah. I was like, well, sort of. They're of. my cousins. Yeah, are they? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so there's going to be some relation. So yeah, it's a made-up name, uh, which <laughs> means symbol maker, basically. Okay. Yeah, the ancestor had made this alloy. Showed it to the king, the sultan. The sultan was like, great, you work for me now. We'll call you Zildjian because that means the guy who makes symbols. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there anyway. every day. That was cool. It's like one of the moments where I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing this TV guide post-Emmy party with the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Love the Foo Fighters. Love Dave Grohl. It's like my rock hero, big Nirvana fan, big Foo yeah. Fighters fan. So I say to the guy that I've worked with forever in the concert business, like, you know, I never meet the artists unless – you know, it, it happens organically. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I want to meet Dave today. Yeah. He's like, no problem. This guy had toured with Nirvana back in the wow. day. So Dave gets out of his car and shows up to this parking lot in L.A. where the back lot of where we're doing this party. And, and my buddy's like, hey, Dave, get over here, man. Come here. I got someone I wanted you to, want you to meet. So um, I'm standing. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I'm never like this, right? I'm like, yeah. but now I'm like... To me, like what a normal person would be right. in this situation, right? right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm gonna make Dave Grohl. I can't wait to tell him like how great I think he is. Like all the stuff that I would never do. Yes. Like I'm there, fully in, <laughs> invested, all in, and and Dave's walking over, and like five steps away, my buddy goes, "I want you to meet my friend Mike Zildjian." He goes, "Mike Zildjian? No fucking shit, dude! It's such a fucking pleasure to meet you, bro." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Wait, I was supposed to say that. Yeah, <laughs> like right? I never like, say that. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Wow. And you stole my thunder, <laughs> son of a bitch. And then we just started. <laughs> <laughs> we really and broke then, the ice. And then we just, you know, we just started talking. And he's such a good dude. And wow, I was like, cool. Hey, Taylor, get the fuck over here, man. You gotta meet this really? guy. And so me, Dave, Taylor, and two of my buddies wow. end up just hanging out backstage all night at this after they play. Yeah. And literally like this, like, but just talking shit yeah. to each other. Like, they were railing on my friend, and he was giving it right back to them. <laughs> oh, it was like totally normal. Dude. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, Completely normal. Wow. No bullshit, no anything. Just like, hey, I'm a guy that plays music, and yeah, I'm pretty fortunate wow. to get to do what I do. Was know? there anyone that you met throughout your that part of your career where their song comes on the radio now and you gotta turn it off like you just that person was so vile I get but probably you don't want to mention it that's, uh, that's a probably dumb question no it's not because I don't care yeah. I'm not in that business right. anymore right. assholes are assholes yeah. and they should be exposed as such <laughs> Van Morrison no way is a complete asshole oh, that makes sense I worked for that him for two sense. weeks I never talked to him because I knew I would hate him and see I don't even use that word and it comes out yeah. in that sense um, because I knew he was so mean to people the first um concert we did was at the Greek theater in Berkeley mm -hmm. and as you have to drive through the venue to get to backstage mm -hmm. so everybody's crowding around his limo he rolls down the window sticks his middle finger out and starts mm -hmm. yeah. telling everybody to screw I'm yeah. like oh great these are the people this that just paid three hundred dollars to see you. right this is gonna be fun um, but by far the biggest uh, and I almost had to punch him in the face was Paul Anka uh -huh. and I, as you can tell I'm not a real tall yeah. guy right yeah. I'm like five eight five eight and a half yes. on my best day Paul Anka's like up to my up to talk? my nose. Okay. And he was the meanest, most disrespectful son of a bitch really? I've ever met in any walk. And and so 
he MF'd me for about 10 minutes and mm. then said, now get out of my dressing room and went around the corner back into the shower bathroom area. And for some reason, he somehow hit the Sicilian button and I snapped and I yeah. slammed the door, but I stayed inside. And uh, I said, fuck you. <laughs> and he turned around the corner and he looked at me. I said, you heard me. Yeah. You little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing right here. You want to talk to me like that now? Because now I'm not calm. Right, right. Wow. You think you're a big tough guy, right? Yep. Yeah. Get him out of here. Get security. So it turned into this big, big melee, right? Not physically. But I had to go back. I didn't have to go back then and apologize. The people I worked for said, you don't have to. They wanted him to break his contract. Really? That's a whole other long yeah. story. But also, like, I was like, you know, we got 3,000 people here who paid to see him. I, right. I'll say sorry to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when he, like, got my face. Oh, I, I didn't call him a bitch. I called him a punk. No. And, you know, to, I think to him that's probably worse because yes. of the era that yes. he came from. Yes. <laughs> and so I apologize. Mr. Anka, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, I hope you have a great show tonight. Am I a punk, Mr. Henka? I really apologize. Uh, you know, I, I know we got off on the wrong foot. I hope you have a great night. Am I a punk? And now he's like spitting at me. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to hit Paul Anka in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. As I'm surrounded uh, by two giant Serbian yes. guys who are were my yes. executive yes. security team Wow. at the time. One was a former uh, WWE wrestler. It was WWF then. Um, but yeah, those are those are wow. two of the yeah. most vile people. Just, just bad guys. It's a bummer because I love Van's music. Yeah, so that that was a bummer for me because he's a great musician and the band was great on that tour. Um, but it, it's just a bummer. I, I listen when, again. It's like one of those things when you see behind the curtain. Yeah, you get. You, yeah, there, there's no one exposed. seeing it. Yeah. And when kids would there's come no to me as I got exposed. older in my career and into my 30s and yeah. into my mid to late 30s when I was still in entertainment, you know, younger kids that yeah. were just starting would ask my advice and I'd say, look, my advice is if you really love film or you really love music, go do something else for work. Right. Because eventually this will, and people yeah. told me this and I didn't believe them, but trust me, you will see stuff yeah. that you don't want to see. Un-see. Yeah, that yeah, because if this is really your mm-hmm. love, you're gonna see the bad side of it mm-hmm. and it's not pretty. Right. You know, As we've now learned in the last few years with some of the transgressions and things that have yes. gone on in the entertainment world. Right. Well, this is stuff I never saw any of that. Yeah. But I knew all of it was going on right. for sure. You can feel it if yeah. you're paying attention when you right. walk into a room. You're like, wow, there's a bunch of creeps here. Yeah. I'm not yes. sure who they yeah, are. That, right. And by the way, I right. sat in a car with just me and Bill Cosby, and I and my creep radar did not go up. So I apologize, mm. people, for missing that one. Yeah. But wow. who knew? Yeah. Right. That he would be well, that the whole, guy that's like the biggest creep of all. Right. I, I, it, right. It, it blew me away when I heard that because, you know, the way he carried. I mean, I knew he was kind of full of shit because of the stuff he, crap he would give Eddie Murphy and those guys yeah. for swearing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, dude, you're not perfect. What right. are you hiding? Right. I mean, Turns out meanwhile, he was hiding a right. lot. And meanwhile, like Eddie Murphy, Delirious, and Raw are well, got to be some of the best stand-up oh, specials my God. ever recorded. Yeah. Well, Bill Cosby himself, still yeah. one of the best stand-up yeah, specials yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, and it's a bummer you can't like say those bits out loud anymore right, right. because people <laughs> like think you're a rape supporter. Right, and like, right. no, I'm a right. comedy supporter. Right. You know he wasn't a rapist, well, it, it, or I didn't know he was. Hey, you preach kindness. Right? <laughs> like, but that's the thing is, right? Like, it does come back to that. Like, We have to tolerate the fact that none of us are perfect. Oh my God. And we have to be tolerant of others when they make mistakes or they say things that we don't like, that they actually have a belief or a thought that yes. we don't like. Like if we want a tolerant world, we have to be willing to tolerate those things. It's not fun and it's not easy, mm-hmm. but the question is, do you want a tolerant world or not? Right. Do you want a world where you're just, now you're the new bully yeah. and you call it tolerance, but it's not because you tell people what they can and can't say and can and can't mm. do. That's just bullshit. Right. You just you just right. replace the old bully, and now you're the new bully. Right. It's your like, it's your it's your rules sheet. Right. So if you had a magic wand with the world, what would you add, eliminate, or do right now if you could? <laughs> what would I? Add? Uh, I mean, making people. I think. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, the thing making is, kindness easy well, sounds like an. I thought you one. might ask me something like that. So yeah. on the way over, I was thinking about it, and I thought if there's one thing that I would spread to everyone, it would be goodwill. Yeah. Pretty simple. <laughs> right? Like the most basic thing that probably we all in humanity started, we all had first before yeah. anything else. 
And maybe we still do, and we're innocent babies, right? Until yeah. we start to see all the crazy stuff that's happening around right. in this world, and then that right. that darkens us. But like, yeah, it would just be goodwill. It would be kindness. You know, I have, I wear this wristband. Show it to the camera. It says "Kindness Matters" on this side, and on mm -hmm. that side it says Elena's voice. Uh, what my class president at Pepperdine, uh, his daughter was killed in a mass shooting a year mm. ago, and. Um, Obviously, the most horrific thing that can happen to any person is right. the loss of a child. You're a parent. Yeah. You know that. I'm not even a parent, and yeah. I know that. Like, yeah. There's no way you can experience something right. worse than that. Um, but there's still a choice, right? Everything I talk about in the book, the videos, the TV show, the podcast, everything is there's three things. Self-awareness, honest self-evaluation, and commitment to making good choices. Mm. And the best choice, no matter what happens, is kindness. Yeah. Now, there are some things that happen that are really fucked up yeah. and make it almost impossible in people's minds to consider that they could be kind in the face of that. Mm -hmm. But I have a... Whoa, mm -hmm. I just no, spilled my good. beer. Yes. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. We're good. But I have a friend who did it, who mm. went through the worst thing... Really? ...and decided, he and his wife, that they were going to make their daughter's memory about kindness because kindness matters. The more kindness we spread in the world, the less the this stuff happens. Now, they have two other facets to Elena's voice, which are, one, we shouldn't make celebrities out of these maniacs that do this kind of thing, because it only makes Amen. it worse. Amen, right. And two, which is a really important thing we touched on earlier, especially for veterans, but for everybody, we've got a serious conversation mm -hmm. about mental health to be had right. in this country and in this world. Right. The mental health of people that do these things is the real issue, mm -hmm. not the devices they use to do them. Mm -hmm. Because if you're mentally ill on that level, you'll find some ways way to hurt people if that's what's in your heart. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying for you uh, gun control proponents out there that that's not a conversation to be had. But as I said earlier, it's not nearly as important no, as it's the not mental even, health. It's not, it's not even a political thing. It's so true. Because even if, yeah. I mean, you seem to me, sitting across there, like you, you're a pretty happy guy. You said it, right? You're yeah. happy chasing this part of your life. I would uh, self-proclaim I'm a happy dude, right? I, you yeah. know, most nights I hit the pillow and I'm like, my wife, you know, I'm like, my wife fucking rules. I, I, I pur I'm purposeful about what I'm doing and I enjoy what yeah. I'm doing. But don't we all have times when you're like, man, fucking this sucks, yeah. right? And if, and, if, and if people that are walking around saying that they're generally happy have those moments, can you imagine the, people that the angst of people who aren't? Right, and then it's like yeah. so. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a uh, it's a very hard conversation because it has to be nuanced. Yeah, I, I do hope I do hope that through um, mediums like podcasting, right? We do ours is about an hour. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of people that do them three and a half, four hours yeah. and longer. And Rogan, Rogan, right? I mean, Rogan inspired this thing for sure. Yeah, I mean that that uh, that podcast changed my life. It got me yeah. back into the gym. Yeah. Got got my family right back at the very top of like yeah. importance in my life, right? Uh, yeah. You know, other than my own health, because right. you gotta take care of yourself, take yeah. care of your family. But I'd say I feel like those know, are. I hope that's an outcome of yeah. this technological revolution. Well, one of the things revolution. I like to do is I try to be very open and honest, but authentic. Yeah, as you, I think you yeah. can tell. Yeah, and part of that authenticity is that. People see me as I'm trying to do this. They see the happy moments. They mm. don't see the sad moments. And, yeah. I, and there's a conversation as to whether, you know, how authentic is too authentic and all that. Yeah. Right? But the right. reality is, is that I still have many nights where I stare at the ceiling like, is it going to work? Why am I doing right. this? What's it all for? You know, all the questions that everybody has. And yes. I think that's my point and why I've been doing more talks and videos and podcasts on anxiety and depression is because everybody feels these things. Everybody experiences yeah. these things on some level. Yes. And no matter what you think, where you think it is on the spectrum of what we think is bad yes. or good, yep. <clears throat> when you're experiencing anxiety and depression personally, it doesn't matter where it is on that spectrum. It's the worst. It's all the way pinned at the top yeah. in your mind and yes. in your body. Yes. Because it's the one you're experiencing at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the important thing for, for people to remember is that we all have those moments, so mm -hmm. it normalizes it. Yes. 
And and we need to that's stop. That's kind of what I'm hoping. We for need this, to stop you know? pretending that yeah. everything's okay all the time. <laughs> right. Sometimes right. it's not. Even for me, <laughs> right. as Mr. Happy Positive right. Guy, trying right. to spend kindness, mm-hmm. there are days where I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do any of this. this. Have you met people? Why yeah. am I trying to help them? <laughs> people. They can be oh impossible. God, you're right? talking to a guy who's in the staffing business. You're, <laughs> yeah. preaching, you're preaching to the choir. Right. But I'm I'm t- I'm totally with you. I'm totally. Yeah. With you. But um, you know, again, that that's so it's funny. the choice. Yes. What choice do you want to make? Yes. You know, right? Do you want to choose happiness? Oh, how about happiness? the choice? By the way, speaking of golf, did you see the the pro golfer who missed the cut because the person with downs? Uh, uh, couldn't control themselves yeah, and they he, yelled in the backswing. He actually lost the tournament. He lost the tournament. I forgot <laughs> yeah. if it was missed the lost the tournament. I mean, missed, they're both bad. Yeah, at that losing level. the tournament's a lot but worse. But the way <laughs> that that guy handled that situation, yeah. well, I, think, I just was like, uh, for those of you who don't know, he basically found out about what happened, went over, and hugged, hugged, the, the, guy, hugged the guy, and was like, I appreciate, sure I appreciate right. your situation, signed a hat for him, and this kind of stuff, and was like, and his basic, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but his basic quote after in the media was like, I'm on, I'm playing pro golf for a living. Yeah, like, what things a, like, are okay. It's okay. And yeah. I was just like, reading yeah, well, that was a like, lot of self awareness there. And I think huge. you know, with golf, like anywhere, but you talked about get... making the decisions to and how you react. Yeah, that's I mean, a choice. Oh my god! Right. I mean, his initial reaction wasn't a choice because he didn't have the context, right? Exactly. His initial exactly. reaction was like, "Who's who's, who's going on?" Who's Can you the imagine jerk that was Sergio that? Garcia? That's that, oh that happened to. He would never hug that kid. Yeah. Sorry, Sergio. Yeah, no, amen, That's right? He'd be expelled out of the country. Right. Um, but, but I love seeing that and being like, for me, those moments, it's like, why is but that those, not all That's exactly the world, it. You know? Like, those are the choices. Like, that's the key moments when it's hardest. Right. It's easy to be kind when it's easy, when someone's being nice to you. <laughs> right. It's really hard to be kind when someone's yeah. being a complete asshole. Yes. And But what I learned was that I'm in control of the things I say and do, and I can't control what anybody else says and does. You know, right. I can influence yeah. them by showing them that I, I stri- stay true to my commitments. Right. Um, but when someone's acting like that, most people go, well, they did it first. And think about that. Right. Think about, think about all the people that you know that say that, that are not five years old. Right. Right. <laughs> so if you true. have kids that are five, so fine. Yeah. That's what you do when you're five. Right. We still do that when we're adults, and it drives me bonkers. It, yeah. it drives me mad, literally, because how are you supposed to? There's a story in the book about this. We played a, gol- a round of golf with this caddy daddy, and this guy was like super mean to his 10 year old kid the whole day, mm. uh, which culminated in him practically stomping up and down on a green, saying, the adult, saying to the kid, You have no patience. Mm. And me and my buddy are looking at each other and looking at him like, where do you think he gets that from, dude? Right, right. We're the ones responsible for mm-hmm. teaching kids, even those of us who don't have kids. I was going to say. It's you, our conduct, how they learn, the way, how we conduct ourselves. Right, you can't just So we teach need to hold to ourselves it. to a higher standard of conduct if we want this world to ever improve. But how did you get, like, what I am interested to know from you is where was this, like, the foundation of what you're saying, I'm guessing, happened during your formative years. Like, do you attribute that to your parents, or was it truly something that was more self-reflective no, I mean, in your know. 20s and 30s? Like, yeah, you know, I, I definitely I, I freak I, out about the pressure. I definitely of attribute, that way. attribute part of it to my parents, but uh, let's be honest, my parents were raising four kids with no money in the yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Right, they did not have it easy, and they did yeah. not deal with it well all the time. Right, uh, as as people do. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but they were still great parents and loving parents and made it clear that they loved us. And so yeah. there was that yeah. foundation for sure. Uh, and, you know, even more now as adults. But to me, it was, again, you asked earlier, and I don't think I ever answered, why was it the Boston Marathon bombing? Yeah. That was the moment. Well, it literally hit too close to home. Literally. I know someone that was at the finish line that got mm-hmm. their leg blown apart. Right. And luckily he was able to keep it and he survived and... You know, well, it went as well as it could have from right. there. But they caught the guys who in did Watertown. it less than a quarter mile from the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole week for me was super traumatic because I was all the way across the country and I couldn't be there. My mm. parents were still living there. I had tons of friends in the area. My grandmother was living with my parents at the time. And again, I just realized that, like, if we continue to let it be okay to treat each other like this. Right then it's only going to get worse. We have to take a stand 
that this is not okay. Right. And not by screaming and saying those guys over there are the problem, but what can I do? To affect and what change. can I can do is I can be the best person I'm capable of being. Right. And show by example that maybe other people will follow that this is how you could, should conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just said, from that moment, I said, I, from today, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like, I have to hold myself to a higher standard. Right. Because it matters. Yes. It actually matters. And that's why I still get emotional because yeah. I can remember that thought of like, oh, shit. It's never going to be the same again for me because mm -hmm. I just saw behind that curtain. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. And like, if we all did that, if we all had that moment of awareness and awakening, what would the world be like for our kids? And yeah. again, like you said, well, yeah. you don't even have kids. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get yourself to this place? Because I have nieces and nephews, and I have tons of friends that have kids that call mm. me Uncle Z. Yeah. And, you know, those kids matter to me. Mm -hmm. And you know, the way we leave this for them to continue from here matters to me. Mm-hmm. And I think it should matter to all of us to the level where we get as upset as I'm getting yeah. right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know it's, it's, I mean, you're clearly a special person because I think part of those times, um, I, like it just, the way you inter internalize that and then poured it into action is pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, well, I'm, like I'm, I said I'm just earlier, trying to put myself in th that. Thank you uh, yeah. for saying that. Um, and like I said earlier, it's not something I would recommend for everybody. Right, no, but and I I'm not saying important. that I'm yeah. better. Look, no. we're all different. We all no. have a different thing to contribute. Right. And my message is that each and every one of us has to find the thing that we can contribute to the greater good mm. to make a difference. Yes. Uh, whether that's at work, at home, mm. whatever your sphere of influence is, we all have work to do mm. to hold ourselves to a higher standard mm -hmm. if we ever want this world to be what we wish it could be for our kids one day. Right, right. And that, it's really that yeah. simple, but yeah. that's not simple to do, No, <laughs> No, and I think because it's such a, uh, a, a huge problem, not a huge problem, it's such a big task, I think it, it, it's daunting to people. Yeah, but people forget about it a couple yeah. of weeks after a shooting or a bombing. Like, it's so true. All right, I'm back to my life now. Or we're selfish. Like, even when you were talking about the Boston Marathon bombing, some of the thoughts that came to my mind were, I remember, I was living in Natick. I had just moved out of Watertown. Oh, wow. I was actually in, uh, no, technically Newton Corner, so okay. a true yeah. Watertown guy's like, that's not that's Watertown. That's still Watertown. Um, yeah. Galen but, Street, man. Yeah, Galen Street. I lived right there. I lived on Jewett. Yeah. Um, oh, I know so, that's true. Yeah. Well. So I, uh, I remember I just moved out of there and I remember like it was the first time that one of those things really hit home because September 11th, I was in eighth grade and it was scary because my dad had flown out of Logan that but day. It's hard to process. And it was just a lot. And I was like, like and what? I remember my mom crying and being like, I don't like fully get it. I do get it because yeah. it's like war on our own soil, but I don't yeah. get it, get it. Yeah. But I remember the marathon bombing, um, feeling feeling so violated in terms of safety. Yeah. I, I, w I was in Natick and, and I lived in this little one bedroom ranch. And uh, for some reason, the morning after, when the, what, the morning before they caught the guy, and they, remember they thought he was somewhere between Watertown and Connecticut, right? Yeah. We, did, we had no idea where the guy was. And that was so violent. Oh, I remember man. walking out and my basement door was open. It was, a, it was the basement door was outside. Yeah. And I remember saying to myself, I'm so fucking afraid to walk down that those stairs because I don't know who's down there. Right. And I had never been a thought that had crossed my mind in my life right. from a violated standpoint. But now even thinking about that as a 30, I'm 34 now, and yeah. so I don't know how old I was at the time. But thinking about that now, it's such a selfish thought. Like thinking about myself, or like and it's, uh, well, that's why I said you're a special person, man. Because sure. you, you thought about it as but like, no, what can but, I do? But it starts. It's it is a selfish shot, but it's not because it starts from there, right? Like right. The the first thing for me is how this affect me too right yeah, yeah i've got yeah, friends and family yeah, there and yeah like if I, I was yelling at my dad to stay inside yeah yeah cops don't know what they're doing they're no. gonna shoot somebody no. without really you know. no but you know i yeah, think you're that italian the, we, the, we, the real aware thing that you had that day is like to take that thought and go oh there's billions of people around the world that live like this every, every day, day every day every and day and like and when you think about it like that you're like holy shit I love that stat that's like if you make more than $36,000, you're in the top 1% of income earners in the world. 
It's like whenever I'm having a bad day crazy, or I right? think about like I missed a thing and missed my bonus or if I'm like I, yeah. I worked really hard and I got no fruits of that labor, I think to myself, yeah. well, you're still filthy rich in the economic scheme of the world and you got all you got to be grateful for all the other things that can't yeah, be Yeah, but I think also that's the thing too uh, that I think is the we need to redefine in this country and in the world what the measure of success is. Whew. We talk about it mostly financially. Which is weird. Yeah, predominantly. Predominantly, yeah. by far, right? And yeah. and like, but is that you know when and when you get to that level of success and you're starting to see that now right. you're like, yeah. oh, okay, but yeah. my wife and kids are what really matter to me. Right. The right. money's only so I could do stuff for so them. So fun things, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that the measure of success needs to be redefined for people, which is like, how good of a person was I today? How many yeah. people did I help today? Yeah, you know that's the measure of success. It's that almost matters like, can you me. live with your conscience? Yeah, for me, is, well, is, and is, is, it, is it for me really now? Yeah. The litmus and, test? and the the question of like when you jump so far in that way, like I have, like, yeah. can you survive financially? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, mentally yeah. deal with the the uh, programming. I'll say because I can't think of a better word that we all grew up with that success is money. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have it, right. am I a failure in my 40s? Right. Well, you know, talking to you and talking to other people, a lot of people would say, hell no, man, no, keep, please keep going because yeah. no one else is doing matter. this. It doesn't matter. Right? It like, because really my, but my measure of success has to be redefined for me too. And I still have to battle that every day. Mm -hmm. And I look at my bank account and go, whew. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to figure out what the next couple of weeks are going to look like and make sure it's all going to come together. Mm -hmm. But look at the opportunity that I've given myself like, yeah. to actually put myself in a position to make a difference that mm -hmm. a lot of people would be afraid to do. And quite frankly, I was afraid to do it. I'm still afraid to do it. Yeah. But like you said, what the big we talked about, the biggest thing I learned is that none of it really matters. It doesn't matter. So just pick something that Which is also terrifying. Yeah. But, but it's true. Yeah. It's re it really is true. Yeah. But it, it can power you through those uh, super uncomfortable times. Absolutely, because at the end you of know, the at the end of the day, when you're looking back on your life, you're not going to go, "Oh yeah, you know, I really staffed a lot of companies." Right, right. <laughs> I mean, or like, no, obviously, yeah. no offense, but like, no, no, that's no. not going to be the it's thing so you true. think about. It's so true. I bet it's going to be the people here. But that, you know, more and, so and than that's that. an important thing. Yeah. As yeah. I'm sitting in the Davis Company's office, and that's how you fund your family, as we yeah, talked yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah. it's important. Yeah, and it's important. It is an important function, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be the thing that you go, "Oh yeah, you know what." Nothing else really mattered because I staffed a bunch of people, right? <laughs> right. And if right. it is, it's so dude, true. Well, it's not the key. Dude, to call me because I'll, I'll give you a talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Michael, I uh, I think we're probably over an hour. I, yeah, uh, I dude, be, that was fun. Imagine. That was fun. I mean, I loved. Um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I can't wait to read me. philosophy. I think. Uh, we could probably, when it gets warmer out, we got to play around to golf. Yeah, together. for sure. I'd love and, to, and man. do that whole thing. Hopefully, and, my back will be keep, in better yeah, shape. And by keep then. drinking beers. I'll get you deadlifting. You'll get it. <laughs> yeah, You'll get it. Yeah. You'll like it. I don't think you, that that's going to help You'll my like back. It. You'll like it. <laughs> Over time, it will help. I promise. Um, but no, appreciate <laughs> right, your time. Mark. Love your philosophy on life, man. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, because I think uh, Thank you. the world needs more of this, for sure. I think and so. So I'll definitely pump So anybody else out there compelled to do something like this? Check them out. Jump in. Read the book. Retweet it. Get it out. Spread the good word. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, man. Cool. Yeah, cheers. Cheers.